Hello and welcome to the Orthodox Podcast. That was the voice of Binyamin Yudin, L-I-S-W. And that was the voice of Rabbi Dr. A.Y. Bronstein, Saidi. And we are here once again talking about all things from and mental health. And uh, today we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics, uh, which everybody loves, depression. Um, try to understand what it is, what the difference is between just feeling rough, um, or feeling sad, feeling grief, um, and uh, what a person can do if they are feeling depressed. Um, what are the typical symptoms I mean, it's like that you have seen in depression? Okay, good question. First of all, I would like to amend my initial statement. I neglected to say Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. He was actually my predecessor, for those of you who don't know, um, we used to, he was the chaplain slash rabbi at the local nursing home here in Cincinnati. And I, um, I took over after him, after he, um, moved on. It was a vicious takeover. It was vicious. It was, it was aggressive. <laughs> it, was, it was very aggressive. It was a very coveted position that many people write. <laughs> yeah, it was a hostile takeover. That's right. Um, good question. You know, going back to what we discussed last time in terms of depression, um, you know, you remember what we were talking about last time, what causes people to come into therapy? So I think the symptoms that you see coming in, that I see coming in, is the hopelessness. That's, you know, it's one of the symptoms, obviously, in the DSM. Um, but I would say that's from the primary ones that finally pushes someone to therapy when they're feeling hopeless and they're like, okay, let me try one final thing. Let me try therapy. So, you know, that's not the only symptom, but I would say hopelessness is a big one. Yeah, I would agree. I think that there's, you know, if you look at the DSM, um, again, not a huge fan of the DSM. As Neither you, am you I. And you are not either. No. But if you look at the DSM, traditionally there's eight symptoms. Um, but, you know, the question is really like when does it cross the threshold, right? So like a, a big a big difference is that sadness, right, which we all feel, it's healthy. If a person never feels sad, Something's wrong. Right. A yeah. flat, right. A flat EKG means you're right. That's said right. That, yeah. That's right. I've used that like a hundred times, by the way, since yeah. you said it's Gavaldi. One of the uh, symptoms is that, or the differentiations, I should say, is that sadness usually has a trigger, right? A person's sad because of something. Depression often does not. Right. Depression often does not have a trigger. A person feels depressed. Sometimes they don't know why. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it could have a trigger, but then the sadness, for whatever reason, the person, based on their, let's say, past trauma history, or even not trauma, past history of being invalidated or not being able to express their emotions properly, whatever it might be. So that sadness, instead of resolving on its own or being able to talk it through with a friend or to be able to talk it through or process it on your own, could devolve into depression. Right. Right. Be because of a person's internal dynamics... That right. can devolve into depression. I think also... Um, that's a good word, devolve. devolve. That's an excellent word. Yeah. Is it a real word? It is now. It is now. It is now. I think it's an excellent word. It is a good word. I, I think also there is there is a, um, a length of time aspect right. to depression. Like I think that officially it's like more than two weeks. Right? But Something I, like that, right. In DSM, right, the difference is between dysthymia and depression. Now, I think in the new DSM, DSM-5, I don't know if it's called, it's called dysthymic disorder. I think it's still is. I don't remember. Yeah. But there's, right, there's a difference between weeks and months, and that's how you really, how you differentiate between right. depression and dysthymic disorder. Right. Um, but yeah, there isn't a length of time in order to get the official diagnosis. Right. So, I mean, I think we both agree that diagnoses are uh, 
an important like informing tool, but that are are necessarily not always accurate. And if a person is feeling sad for one and a half weeks, but it's overwhelming, you're probably depressed. And if a person feels a low level of sadness because of something that happened for a month, that could mean nothing. It could mean that you're not depressed. You're very sad. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, other constellation of symptoms as well, right? Person's low energy, person feels guilty all the time. Things that made them happy before don't make them happy anymore. You know, those sort of things are all looked at for depression. When we feel like, you know, we're, overwhelmed by it and it's taking up most of our time feeling this way and we notice it consistently it's probably depression right and usually when a person comes in for therapy you know you could you know you could feel pretty comfortable that they, they'll meet the criteria for the diagnosis you know in terms of billing and in terms of that you know all those um administrative stuff but besides administratively you know that when they're coming into therapy you know it's you know they in the phq9 or whatever it is like all these you know how long have you it's not like people could you know, when you were like being around this, we think you can point to an exact moment. I've been feeling depressed for two weeks. So it could be started as sadness, then it devolved and it got, and it got worse. And, you know, the person is at a point where they feel overwhelmed or they, they're not coping with, with their depression, quote unquote, on their own, you know, if that's their primary symptoms, symptom. Um, and then they'll probably meet the criteria because they probably have had it for a long enough time where it's been deep enough. Right. Um, and it's affected their functionality. Um, yeah, the low energy, that's another one that, that's a big one. Right. I mean, it, it affects appetite. Yep. Uh, it, it affects, I mean, sometimes you'll see strange things like it affects hygiene. A person, it, which really, if you think, if you look at it at its base, is really about hopelessness. Like, if I really feel like life is hopeless for whatever reason, why am I getting up and brushing my teeth? Right. 100%. Why am I eating anything? What's the point in even getting out of bed? Today is going to be like yesterday where right. I'm still going to have this feeling. And it's really very torturous. I think... Um, one of the cruelest things you could say to a person who's truly depressed is, you know, you need to, you just need to keep your chin up. You need to, you know, you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, it's, it's, it's not as simple as that. It's nowhere near as simple as that. Right. Nowhere as simple as that, but, but functionally, and I don't know if I mentioned this last time, and you're going to have to forgive me in advance, Binyamin and whoever may be listening. Um, if I ever, if myself, and I'll talk for Binyamin also, if we ever repeat ourselves, um, but in therapy, you end up repeating yourself a lot anyway because you don't, you're seeing different clients different days. And, and like the, you know, the Ramchal says, the Hakdama to the Mesil Zisharm, that, you know, things, certain things that are Pasha, you have to chazer them and you have to review them because, you, and even for ourselves, we have to review them. So one of the things I tell clients all the time, you know, Binyam, you were just saying that you can't just say, you know, put, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps or keep your chin up. You can't say that, but, you know, if I were to be asked, and it could be I did mention this last time, you know, how do I treat depression gen- generally? Or in ge- what's my modality? Which is, I hate answering that question. What's my theoretical orientation? Question I had to answer many times in interviews in various places. So, you know, I'm not getting into what I would answer, but in terms of the treatment in itself, a lot of times it does come down to the cognitive behavioral aspect, at least with me in terms of depression. But it's after explaining to the client or the patient, however you're referring to them, you know, about the cycle of depression and it, it resonates with them. They're realizing, oh, wow, I'm getting deeper and deeper into this cycle. And the more depressed that I feel, the less I want to shower and the less I want to take care of myself, the less I want to, I care about my, about exercise and about eating. And then I feel even worse. 
So once you explain to them how the behavior, the emotions, and the cognitions are all working on each other to bring you down, then you help them get to a point and say, you know, if you're, pick one thing. I just told it to a client last week. Pick one thing that you could do that you think could help get you out of this life. Could you maybe exercise 20 minutes a day? Could you promise, could you commit, not promise to me, but could you commit to showering every other day or every day, depending on where the client is holding? And, you know, with a, and even if you're not feeling it inside, then eventually the chitainis will be ma'aris apanemias. And, and you'll feel it inside because you're going to help get yourself out of that terrible downward spiral and, and start bringing yourself out, up out of the right, pit. Right. So I think that that, the way you're approaching that with a level of, you know, like a level of kindness and understanding is not generally the way that we talk to our family right. members, right? But I think there's there's a another thing. If you say just get yourself out of it, that's not going to work. Right, that doesn't work. It's you know like uh, you know Dr. Martin Luther King. Have you you've heard of him? Heard yeah. We just I just came on the street. Uh, I'm okay. Right, right around yeah, the sure. corner here yeah. in, in beautiful Cincinnati. Um, it's interesting. There's a Martin Luther King Drive. I feel like in almost every city in America. Right. It's usually not um, not in a great neighborhood. Yeah. Often, right? But um, it's I think it's one thing that like the whole you country agrees. You, you can see, see everywhere. everywhere. Right, right. Because he was a very special person. He was. A, he was a very special person. No, and he was right. also he was respected across the spectrum. Right. So something he, really that he was. said, which was yeah. brilliant, is that the idea of telling somebody to pick themselves up by their bootstraps is cruel to say to a man who has no boots. Ah. Right. So th- sometimes a person who is struggling with depression doesn't feel like they have any boots. I, I think another thing which is really okay. important um, is that the people that come to us for whatever diagnosis feel like they're experiencing something which is unfair, which 99 times out of 100 it is. They didn't ask for depression. They didn't ask for anxiety. It's a result either of some sort of internal, whether it's neurological or not, it's something we could talk about, but, but it's usually a result of some sort of impactful life experience. And they didn't ask something they didn't ask for. Right. 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 And so in order to say, I have to work on this, they have to kind of have like a bit of a temper tantrum. Like, it's not fair. I should have to, I don't want to do this. I, I didn't ask for this trauma. Right. Exactly. And so the first part, a big part when I, when I'm treating people who are depressed, a big part of that is that I encourage them to have the tantrum. Right. Be upset. Be angry. Say it's not fair. Right. Because only once you do that can you accept the, the terms of the game. Very interesting. Right? So to a degree, that's what you're doing. You're saying, yeah, don't do everything. Understand. Right. There's something that you're going to have no, to do. But you're 100% right. And, and, but you're 100% right. Because, and I, I didn't say that part. But first, I'll validate that this doesn't mean that it's your fault. Right. But this is your ticket out. Right. Your ticket out is we have more control and we have more control over our behaviors than our emotions like to or and our cognitions you know cognitive therapy maybe used to be strictly cognitive therapy used to be easier we we don't have as much control over our our brains our minds our logic but over our behaviors that's one aspect which we can control even if we're not feeling it inside right right i i think that with the hakdama is always is is important that you're be able to say like yeah it's not fair Right and, right. and good point. For, so it has taken me with with certain cases. It's taken me years for the person to believe that I agree that what they went through is not fair before they are able to to move on and be like, okay, I got to process right. this horrible thing that's happened right. to me, or I have to process the fact that I have depression and it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to be uncomfortable. Right. It, right. A big part of therapy is is 
creating that 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 trust and that rapport with the person, really a relationship with right. the person that that they believe you. So when you tell them, okay, you got to shower once a week, you know, it's easier to work with Hasidic people because they go to the mikvah every morning. At least Chach they go right. to the mikvah every morning. Right. You know, like I I don't work with so many Hasidic individuals. I'm not licensed in New York like you are. Everybody, right. Avram Yitzchak Bronstein, licensed in New York. Yes. Give him a call. Let I'm, him know you're interested. 100%. I'm here for the people. Telehealth is here. Yep. So I, I think step one, right? Depression is something which can really, I like to use the term, it can rhyme with sadness. It, it, it sounds like it, it feels like it, but it is far more overwhelming and consuming and it lasts longer and often is not something which is triggered by a specific circumstance. And so, you know, that's how we are able to differentiate. And when people come into our office, the first thing that we're doing is telling the person, you're not crazy, right? You're not crazy. We're not going to try to convince them not to be depressed. We're not going to tell them you don't have a right to be depressed. The feelings exist, right? right? There's no right or wrong feeling. They exist. You don't want to feel it. It doesn't feel accurate. Okay. Let's work on that together. Let's, and sometimes it's going to take things which are uncomfortable. But I never move forward to that next step until the person feels that I believe them. And right. that, that takes time. That takes patience. Sometimes that's the most therapeutic thing you could give. Yeah. Can I, I want to say a quick var. Can I say a var? Oh, please. Yeah. Please. So I, I, I told someone this morning, actually. From the Rashid's itself. So I learned the Chaim. Stammer Rashid's itself from Heron and his Rufutner. So uh, Me too. Ah, oh, okay, good. <laughs> As a, that's the way it should be. Anyway, so I was telling this person, we talked about, you know, how things have changed from the olden days to nowadays in terms of the dark Hachuva and in the olden days they used to do Gilgal Shalag and Yesurim and Tanesim. And nowadays it's not really our avoidance. So I was telling him that even more of what I used to say, um, my father's at all used to be very much, you know, you know, he gave this over to his bathroom as well. He's a big Talmud of, of Rav Hutner, um, that, you know, we all know that in terms of the Avedis HaTshuva, there's Harat Al-Avar, Aziv Zachet, Kabbalah Al-Asid, and plus Vida. Those are the three or four, depending on how you count them, primary ingredients. So Rav used to say, and he told, said this years ago already, 50, 60 years ago, that nowadays the main Avedis we have to focus on is Kabbalah Al-Asid. He said, we're not strong enough psychologically um, to be able to, we don't know how to do Harat Al-Avar without getting depressed. This right. is what we were talking about before in terms of sadness devolving into depression. We, do, we don't have the kalim, unbelievable insight, unbelievable, that if, if a person is focusing too much on Harat Al-Avar, they'll just, they'll, 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 they'll become we'll depressed we'll and, and it will take them down, right? They can't. If, if a person has a stronger psychological makeup and they know how to differentiate, okay, can have harata and be tzibrachin. And you look at, listen, look, you look at Rabbeinu Yoyna, the 20 Ikrim. Some of them are, you, you I forgot, like, shvirs, whatever, you have, you have to, you have to, right. but, he, but used to say, we, we don't really know how to do that nowadays in terms of, without letting it become, bring to Marashchayr, which is, which you can't have Marashchayr. So. That's a beautiful part. It's a beautiful part. It's very hard to look at the past for information and not definition. To look at the past and say, okay, you know, this right. is something I did. Right. I, I shouldn't have done. It. I feel I, I, I'm, I was wrong for doing that, and use that as information to go forward. Instead, we get bogged down in the definition. Right. Of right. It. Like I am that person who did yeah. that thing. Right. Instead of I am a person, an agav, I did a thing. Right. Hundred like, like, percent. That's I once a It's a very I used, to, I, used to, I use this in therapy when I'm working with it for my own. It's v'hazer satam ofanenu me'acherenu. What's me'acherenu? If something wants to get the person to think, oh, you're going to try to move out. Look what you know. You, you, you remember what you Achrenu did. Achrenu is the past. Achrenu is the past. Oh, Achrenu is the past. Lufanenu. What's me'achrenu? No, but you're going to move forward. Look at you. You're you're nothing. 
They're enough. That, that's how some Me'achrenu. You have to be able to, you have to move on. No. Kabbalah Allah Asif. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. There are some people, their whole, like, their whole thing is that they feel so bad about what they've done to other people. And they get stuck in that regret. And so what I do is I use the feeling that they have and I say, if you feel so bad for what you've done for other people, the the thing that you can do for them is not define yourself by that. You don't get to to feel bad about what you've done in the past. That's not that's not what you get to. You don't have the the pleasure of doing that, right? You can't define yourself by that because if you define yourself by that, you'll never be a better person for the people you're trying to hurt, who you're trying to help because you hurt them. I'm sorry. Ah, so you're using words like you, you don't have a right to do that? Right, exactly. And so for some people, that really works because they're motivated by, okay, like ethically and morally, I want to do the right thing. So you tell them ethically, morally, morally, it's the wrong thing to be depressed or to define yourself by that. They will work on ways to go forward. This doesn't... But that's a little dangerous because that goes back to what oh, you were saying before about it sounds a little bit like right. you don't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. It sounds like, oh no, you don't have a right to, to be depressed. Right. So this only works with a specific type of person, and it also only works when you have a very, very serious rapport with the person. And, and to be to be clear, for those who are thinking like, oh, now we know how the sausage is made, like we know how therapists are playing tricks on us, I, I, I'm, I'm very clear when I'm doing this. But I say to yeah. them, I say to them, I'm telling you this because I'm giving you a moral imperative, I'm giving you fuel with which to not feel depressed. Like that, that's why I'm telling them that. Right for other people, I tell them that you know defining yourself by the past does not help anyone. Right. right, it's a softer version of that. Defining yourself by the past does not help anyone. Does that mean that you forget about the past? Chas The past. I, I think I said this a couple minutes ago. The right. past right. is used right. for information, exactly. not for definition. Right. You can't define yourself by the past. Right, you have to know that it's there because if you don't know that it's there, you don't know that you have to do better. Right. The question that, that I often hear from, from, from people when it comes to depression is, is being depressed a lack of emuna? Like I was once at a, at a Yontif meal with uh, some people, it wasn't in this community, and I was the therapist at the meal, which I'm sure you've experienced. People ask all sorts of questions. They had two kids there that out of this family was a, is a very large family, and they had two kids that were no longer from at that point. Think both of them are from now, and the father said to me, like in front of his kids, you know, isn't isn't it true that uh, uh, you know somebody who's from somebody who lives a tardic lifestyle that they don't suffer from depression as much because we believe in something that uh, that that you know the 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 secular world or the non Jewish world doesn't have, and he he put me on the spot, so he what put me on the spot. That's his problem. Okay, I said absolutely not. That's untrue. Is this absolutely untrue? Are there resources that we can use maybe right. that the world doesn't have? Sure. Sure, there are resources. But but to say that that, that a from person is going to be less depressed because they have a tardic lifestyle, it's that's the, it's like saying uh, you know, a from person won't get sick with heart disease because they have they live a from lifestyle. There's there's an illness involved in depression that's not defined by cognition, even if you have something like Cognitive behavioral therapy, even if you have, you know, things that work with people's minds, but there, there are ways that that a person becomes depressed. That number one, very possibly, may be neurochemistry, which has nothing to do with. Right. The person. But that already gets into the debate. Right. 
debate and the question. But say but we have to. It has to be, but, but it has to be on the table that such a thing exists, right? True. So that, which cannot be affected by Amunu Bitachon, right? Number one, number two, Zichur. There's there's such an idea of psychodynamics that creates that, and 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 even if you look at that as just a distortion of a person's cognitions, right? Even if you're going with CBT, like still, right? No, I I I, I mostly agree with you. I would say I mostly agree with you. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it in absolute terms that being from or being connected to it because I don't think you can say that in absolute terms. It says nafesh. We do have, but maybe this is what you were saying before. We do have the resources right. that can allow us to rise above. More recently, my father was left there, and he was diagnosed approximately nine years ago, and. Rukhankinus was being made about him. Rukhankinus was very close, he did, very close to 70 years with my father. And he said, my father's bitachon allowed him to, that he wasn't affected. He, he was, he was which he was. It was unbelievable. I spoke to at the Shleishim also. I mentioned that the day after, around six months ago, one of my brothers had, was given the very difficult job of informing us that basically they weren't treating my father anymore. They weren't using, not treating anymore, but they were, they were suspending treatment, which was a very terrible disorder. It, it was awful. And I was petrified to call my father. I was like, what am I going to call my father? I, said, I, I felt like he was going to be Tzibrach. And I called, and he started being Mechazek me. I said, hey, he said, how, he said, how are you doing? And he was like, he was like, my turned the tables on me, but that, that that's a Madriga. So that's what I'm, to answer your question, I feel like there are, there are Bali Madriga who are able to live at, with their Muna Bitochen to that level, that the Melod, it, their Simchas HaChayim is there, and it allows them to overcome and elevate themselves and rise above challenges in life. Does that mean that they can't get depressed? No, but we do, in, as from you, and as people who have the tyrant, has, as we, so we do have the ability to rise above more, I would say. Now, if someone's depression is strictly, if you could prove to me, which I don't think anyone could, if you could theoretically prove that someone has depression that's 100% biological in origin, Okay, then it's a biological thing. I don't right. think you have such a thing that you can prove to me that. But again, so that's the but, but that's what I would say in terms of moderate. I, I I would I wouldn't answer as in as absolute terms as you do. So then you were put on the spot. And I, I was put on the spot, and I'm also far more arrogant than you are. So it's easier for me to to answer that. Way. I I want to point out to those because we don't have a video feed that AY just nodded when I said that. So I appreciate that. And I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's probably, it's something to consider. It sounds like your father spent decades before, like, right. you know, practicing Simas I think that, right. I, I think that there, there, there are people who are not in that league who have tinas on themselves and they double down on their own depression. If I'm a Baal I shouldn't feel this. And so even with this discussion being, being set aside, Right, that there's there's still there's still that issue, and, and that and, and and that's an excellent point, and then I would agree with you, and that's a big you know we mentioned in the last episode I think about you know acceptance, and it's one of the big things that we from people not from people not Jewish people that people get down on themselves for being depressed. And they go, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine, it's okay. First of all, once you normalize it, then already that validates the person. What do you normally? Okay, it's it's fine. Now, of course, yeah, it has to be treated. If it gets, you know, as we spoke about last time, in terms of when does it get to a point that it goes the treatment, and when does it get to a point that it's considered, excuse me, that's called clinical depression, and that's a diagnosis. Fine, but putting all that aside, the getting down on yourself, being depressed, it makes things much worse. And, right. Yeah. If you want to work 
on a munan bitachon. You have to look at that. It's hard to do, but you have to look at that as an opportunity, right? right? And and that's part of part of the work of therapy is, and this may be the icker work of therapy at times with certain people is what am I doing now to accept the circumstances in which I am? And part of that is letting go of my desire for perfection. It's a, it's a fascinating thing that I see often with people um, where they grow up in circumstances. I see this with people who, and sometimes I say it to them and sometimes I don't, depending on the person, but people who grow up in circumstances that I look at these people with like, it's amazing that these people are not just functioning, but they're like incredible people. They grow up, it's like, they basically raise themselves. It's it's incredible. They raise themselves, they have significant trauma. They're lucky to be alive because they didn't know how the world works and they just keep going. And then when they finally get to a situation where they can't control the circumstances, they can't just push through it, they, they feel like they're falling apart because they have no control. And I say to them, for instance, one of the ways that this happens, and I think this is conversation that has to happen more and more, especially in the from felt, is that when a when a new mother, right, when the first, especially a first child, and any new a new baby, there's no controlling that child. That you can read every book that you want about every trick and every you know ferberizing, and the, you can't stop a kid from crying. Right. And and it's one of the things where you realize like. I have no control. And and a, a person who grows up, like, okay, if as long as I'm perfect, I'll make it through. And they realize, like, there's no such thing as being a perfect right. parent. They fall apart. And so a big part of that acceptance is, I don't have to be perfect. Interesting. So you're saying that someone sometimes is the opposite. They grow up with very little, and they learn to fend for themselves, and they learn to live with imperfection or to... You know, no, for care, they, 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 they believe in omnipotence because they believe if something's not working out, it's just because I haven't tried hard enough. It's just because I haven't been, and these people are driven. It's, it's what, it's what worked for them. I know doctors and lawyers. I know surgeons like this. And then they get to like a, 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 a three week old baby who won't stop crying. And like, wait, wait, wait. I, I did everything else in my life against all odds. And this little child, like, I must be a terrible parent. No, no, the baby's more powerful than you, like many things in life. And so they, they, they fall into that depression. So the Iker work in that situation is about, it's not about Muna, it's not about Bitochen. Let, let, let's put it this way. Depression is not felt in the person's Amuna in the Ebishter. Depression is felt in the person's Amuna in themselves. So from the Iker, the Iker you saw in, 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 in therapy for these people, for, for myself, for many people, is believing in yourself. That's right. not Gaiva. That's believing in yourself. Right. I saw a video a couple of days ago. I don't know if people here heard of the Yanuka. There's someone there to draw an unbelievable person. There's an article written about it in the Omni magazine a couple months ago. No, he's a person there to draw. He's a, he's I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. Unreal. He knows Call Tarek cool. You hear some of his, you know, things again. He plays music. Anyway, there was a video of him meeting a 13-year-old kid in Eric's show, inviting him to his reverence school. And this kid, I, I, you know, I can't translate all the words, but he has a certain highly um, that he's in a wheelchair, and he, it's a it's a very rare kind of disease, but his bones basically didn't grow. And the doctors thought he had days or weeks or months. Anyway, Nisim, he's still alive, and he invited him to his bar mitzvah, and the Yenuka said he's going to go. Unbelievable thing. And, he, you know, someone asked him a question at this meeting. He said, you know, you look like you're, you're happy. How are you, 
Um, how are you able to do that? How are you able to, you know, walk around the simcha and, you know, get your mom to the very rough time with everything. He needs assistance for everything that he does. So he said he made a decision at a certain point. I don't know when it was. I don't know if it was a few years ago. Recently, he said he made a decision. He has, I, I forgot the name of the secretary. Either he could be, I think it was Risuke Varam or something. I don't remember exactly. He could, he's a person with it. He could be a person with this sickness and depressed or a person with this sickness and happy. He has the sickness anyway. So either he can walk around with it, but that goes to your point a little bit of in terms of belief in yourself that we also have the ability to sometimes now again, as a therapist, it's hard to tell a person. A person has to tell himself this. You can't tell a person, okay, rise above this, okay, or you're sick, okay, this is your life situation. You have to, you know, you can either walk around moping and, and grieving, or you can go, okay, this is the situation that I'm in. Okay, you have to be the similar. Right. It's, it's, um, in some ways, I, I remember this conversation I had. It was it was one of the most Telzer conversations I ever had, considering I never learned in Tells. Yeah. But one of my Rebbe Minari Shal was Rav Gifter Zaydim. So, no, no, no. no. Uh, Rafraim Eisenberg, Zechron okay. of the So his wife was like a shtick Rav Gifter. She's okay. very sharp. And I, I was, it was a, make a long story short, I was in, I was in a riot on the day the Intifada started. In uh, the day the Intifada started, it was 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000, okay. right? And it was Erev Rosh Hashanah. I went to visit my grandfather's Kevra and her Zayzim. Anyway, I, I spoke to her afterward, and I said, like, I was in this cab with a, with a roommate of mine, and I thought to myself, okay, that's it. Like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But I was sitting there, but I said, Vidoy, I was like, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm going to get torn apart by these rioters, that's it. And, uh, and I, I'm, I, I, I'll tell you the story a different time. Okay, yeah. It was, it was, I am Venera, but I was incredibly calm. So I, I, I remember calling up, uh, uh, Rephraim afterwards, speaking to him. And then, and then I spoke to his wife. She was a Shadchan. So I always, she is kind of my Shadchan. Okay, yeah. it's, it's a long story, okay. not one for public consumption. So I said this to her and she said, let's see if you have the same Muna and Bitachan when you stub your toe in the middle of the night. It was the most, it was the most Telzer thing I ever, I, I was, I was like telling her, I was, I almost died. And she was like, sometimes it's easier to have that Amuna when you're almost dead. See if you have that Amuna when you stub your toe in the middle of the night. Right? Wow. So it only. It's a real Telzer thing, but it's very true. It's absolutely it's true. In moments of crisis, you're like very common. Okay, this is what this is. Right, right. It's like, okay, it is what it is. Right. When it comes to like the small things. Exactly, exactly. You don't have a Muna Bitachim when your kid won't go to sleep. Right, so it's it's right. that's exactly what I'm saying. So it, you know, I I think that that's when we talk about depression, right? It's usually about old old dynamics that cause a person to believe I don't have the ability to take care of anything if right. I'm not perfect, right. or I don't I I push don't have the ability to, or I don't deserve things, et cetera, et cetera. But you're right, and even going back to what you said about my father, I think he did work on it. It's years of working on yourself before beforehand or on the side or. To, it's not like, you know, so many people could rise to a challenge. Right. And they could. Ruth Cook writes right about that in terms of two kinds of chua. There's the chua pisimus. That's one of my favorites. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. But, but, but in terms of things that are more integrated and, you know, internalized, and that's, that, that's a, a vital life song. Right. I, I think uh, maybe we'll just, we'll just close with this idea because I've been thinking about this a lot. 
since we've been talking about you know depression and the idea of sadness in general, we could look at sadness as main depression, right? There's there's the combination, or I should say, not combination, comparison, the overlap, the Venn diagram of sadness and grief and depression. That Munda Bittachon doesn't have as much to do with it as we think it does. And I was thinking about this. There's this book on on Rebetzin Kanievsky. I have it in front of me. This was written, of course, before Chaim Zechron and Levracha Zechot passed away. Um, written by Naftali and Naomi Weinberger with with Nina Indig, um, and it's well known. And so, one of the reasons why I love this book that it humanizes the yeah. relationship between yeah. Chaim and the Rebbitzin. Yeah. And it talks, it humanizes the Rebbitzin that she was so anxious that she took benzos. Like, it was, un- it's, I, I oh, yeah, you have to read it. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So, so on the, on the last page, it says, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the book. I'm quoting the book. Three months after the Rebbitzin passed away, one of Chaim's sons saw his father crying. This is Chaim Kanievsky. Saw his father crying and said, Abba, he implored, we have done our utmost to help you in every way. Is there anything still lacking that we could help you with? And Reb Chaim thanked him for all his efforts and said, I just miss Ima immensely. Wow. I, I mean, who had more emunah to be talking than Reb Chaim? That's he, he, was, he was sad, Pashat. And, and so, like, that's part of life, is right. that when you love somebody for, he, you know, she, they were married for 60-something years, Right, he was he was in his eighties. They got married when he was twenty four, I think. He was in his eighties when she died. Right, right. He was yeah. He was this ninety two when he passed away, something like that. Ninety four, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was married for a long time, longer than you and I. Not not that you and I are married. Right. Longer than you and I have been married to our prospective spouses. I I mean, he said, he said, push it. So depression sometimes comes in that sort of eifin where it's not. It's not shaykh to to moon to be talking. No, no, this is not depression. Right, sadness, this is this right, is sadness. Right, right. This is grief. Right, right. But 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 we can. It's a, it's a generalizable idea that it that that it is a reaction to impactful circumstances right. that either whether they're neurochemical again debatable whether they are psychodynamics that existed because of the lifestyle that a person right. lived not debatable. That's what depression is. Right. So it, it, that's it's the same thing. It's it's a normal reaction. A person can work on that their entire life and get to a place like your father, Lavashalom, who who was. A, I mean, I met him three times. Every time, walked away nisbainim, like like yeah. you know, like nishtaimim from him. Every time, there are people like that that work on it their entire lives. There are also people who are not rising to the challenge because they're twenty, thirty, and forty years old. They're not in their eighties. They haven't worked on it their whole lives, or they have something which is not workable. And those people, you can't look at your depression as a lack of amuna. And if you see it as a lack of amuna, don't look at that as a failing. Look at that as an opportunity. So I, I guess really what I'm saying is two things. I don't think you can never look at your depression as a, as so, a lack of amuna. I, 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 don't, I, don't I, I, I didn't say never. I didn't say never. I didn't say never. What I'm saying is two things. Number one, look at your depression as a lack of emunah in yourself, not of a lack of emunah in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if you look at it as a lack of emunah in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, look at it as an opportunity to work on your emunah at the same time as being in therapy. Look at being in therapy as right. a way of working right. on your emunah. Okay. 
And I, I think that's where sh- we should go with it. Yes. I think that's where we'll leave it for now. All right. to you. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in again to the Orthodox Podcast. Please send us a message or a voice note at orthodoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's O-R-T-H-O-D-O-C-S podcast at gmail.com with comments or questions. Maybe we'll feature your question in a future segment. Also, please take a look at the show notes for definitions of terms or acronyms. Looking forward to speaking to you. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.